0: I don't know what that was about, Molly. I'm sorry. I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is read all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Oh, today, we are covering one of the many night chapters <laughs> so many god are we reading night by uh eli wiesel like what the hell is happening uh it is as horrifying kelly let me tell actually, you that actually she is about to make a holocaust reference so oh. <laughs> so uh night we're covering from night to jezebels uh to then we're gonna go to gawker Jezebel oh. The, oh! <laughs> oh gawker Man, I hate Peter Thiel so much. Ugh. I'm so mad at him. Quick shout out to our favorite Jezebel writer, Mark Schraber. Mark Schraber! Big fan of the podcast, and we're Ugh. a fan of you. We are such a fan of you, Mark God, Schraber. we're a fan of you. Um, okay. Why don't you marry him, Off Mitchell? He's already married to a lovely man! Oh, no, gender <laughs> traitors! Gender traitor. Okay, so uh, in my edition, this starts on page 143. Mine starts on page 185. Wow, you think that makes you special? Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. I I do think that because I have the mass market paperback. And I have the trade paperback. So Mm. one of each. Sounds like one of us traded (laughs) down. (laughs) Oh, sweet burn. So this chapter begins with a great quote, which says, you can think clearly only with your clothes on. So true. I wish somebody had told me that in college. (laughs) Actually, I barely had sex in college. So you know what? I feel fine. Yeah, I didn't... uh, Yeah. Yeah, it took me such a long time to lose my virginity. (laughs) Believe it or not, I... Was this abrasive in college? <laughs> Men were not about it. They were what? like, "You have a lot of opinions." <laughs> kind of mouthy. And I'm like, huh? "Wait until you made my vagina." <laughs> the Baroness must be. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, aren't you the Baroness? Oh yeah, I'm the Baroness. You're. It was a man's name. It I was a man's <laughs> name. Uh, we'll have to go back and re-listen. Oh because... man. Oh boy. So this is right. What is? What just happened? Oh, uh, the gross. commander just oh. made her kiss him, and Ew. what she needs is perspective—the illusion of depth created by a frame, the arrangement of shapes on a flat surface. Well, she's journaling, so <laughs> that's that's good. That's positive. Um, she's thirty-three years old. Hmm, that's interesting to know. Uh, I kind of miss being thirty-three sometimes. It's fun. Yeah, it's a Jesus age. Oh. And it's also... Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's on purpose. It probably is. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, and it's also the age at which Evita died. So when I turned 34, I was like, I'm older than Evita. (laughs) I made it, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I live to put another suitcase in another hall. (laughs) Oh boy! Do not get me started on it. <laughs> we will be here forever. Oh man, uh, so yeah, she's just her musing, so much musing by herself, and oh, I think it's funny. Uh, she talks about. Aunt lydia, she remembers aunt lydia describing sh- men as sex machines you must learn to manipulate them for your own good lead them around by the nose it's a metaphor so it's very funny that even in this society that is ostensibly like male driven it it still operates under the idea that women are actually running things even though they're the most subjugated which is kind of a, a narrative that's been in, in our history forever yeah well and i always think of um a big fat greek wedding <laughs> When this comes up, when Lainey Kazan is like, the man is the head, <laughs> but the woman is the neck, uh, and it's like kind of true, which is weird because that metaphor doesn't really leave any room for uh, the ant with the the lump on her neck. <laughs> <laughs> My bibopsy, <laughs> the, bib- the the, bib- the What's a bunt? <laughs> a bunt. I love, I love that movie, and I will cut you. If, if, you, you if you don't like that if movie. If you don't like My Big Fat Greek Wedding, I have to ask you a quick question. What do you like? Because <laughs> uh, that's a you, delightful uh, racist robot. What is going on with you? Um, the sequel was... It was... Uh, I, nah, it's like I, a good plain movie. It wasn't. I didn't think any of the, the, the plot did not hang together well. I agree. I that's a whole it, other though. podcast. My Big okay. Fat Greek podcast. <laughs> we will launch that after By this two one. By non non-Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I think that's interesting in that, yeah, we My college roommate Alicia's Greek. We can have her on oh, perfect. as our resident Greek expert. Oh, perfect. Uh, and then she talks about how strange it is that... It, on the surface, it sounded like he was going to invite her to have, like, crazy, kinky sex. But instead, uh, he wanted her to play Scrabble with him. And she goes, that is one of the most bizarre things that's happened to me ever. Mm-hmm. Context is all. It's oh like, that is bizarre. That is crazy pants. And I mean, a lot of bizarre things have happened to her at this mm-hmm. point. Horrible, Horrible, bizarre things. and, and th- like, And it's just like, this one, this one is so <sighs> out of left field. It really, really is. And uh, I – this is maybe my favorite diversion in the whole book right here. Okay. Um, where she's talking about watching this interview with a woman who was the mistress of a uh, of a Nazi who supervised one of the concentration camps. And, you know, you get some context that she's, like, seeing this um, – before before she's old enough to really understand mm-hmm. the enormity of what World War II and the Holocaust were. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she says, Ovens mean cooking, and cooking comes before eating. I thought these people had been eaten, which in a way, I suppose Oof. they had been. I underline that as well. <gasps> um, So, you know, they're interviewing this woman who was the mistress of this Nazi. He was not a monster, she said. People say he was a monster, but he was not one. And then... Offred just sort of goes through the sort of coping mechanisms that this woman must have put herself through. Right. And, and you know, she knew this person as a man, not as someone who was exterminating a race <sighs> of people. But then um, she talks about several days after this interview with her was filmed, she killed herself. It said that right on television. Nobody asked her whether or not she had loved him. Mm-hmm. What I remember now, most of all, is the makeup. Because she goes into this deep description of how much makeup she's wearing, mm-hmm. um, and in in that way, where you see a woman who is pretty old, but she's mm-hmm. still making herself up mm-hmm. as if she's much younger. Yeah, and particularly now that she lives in this society where makeup is forbidden, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just curious. I'm oh, like, interesting. is it is it like the child's eye view when you remember this sort of grotesque looking thing, or is it that now? You know, it's just the hallmark of this bygone era. That is interesting because she brings... Because, like, say what you will about the Nazis, but they <laughs> let you wear makeup. Jeez, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, Yeah, and, and she... That's interesting that you bring up makeup because they mention makeup again towards the the Jezebel's chapter where she says it's very jarring to see Mm -hmm. women with makeup because their features are are so much more pronounced. So, yeah, I wonder. I don't quite have the answer to to that. But I just, I love this sort of weird juxtaposition where it's like, you know, she was looking back at this regime, you know, from her childhood and seeing all this weirdness. And it's just, to me, it's like, what does... What does this society look like, right? And you do eventually find out. Absolutely. Um, well, I think what? it's that's best encapsulated in that quote where she says, "I suppose all children think that about any history before their own, and it's it feels abstract, and mm-hmm. that's absolutely true." It's I how mean, you feel about the nineteen <laughs> eighties. <Exactly. laughs> I don't acknowledge the existence of the eighties. What about Whitney Houston? Oh yeah, never mind. It must have happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mitch is trying RIP, to get me to Saint Whitney pray for us. Ugh. Mitch is trying to get me to watch *Halt and Catch Fire*. Ugh. Exactly, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't care about technology. I don't really care about the 80s over much. So I no. care about the 80s, but I don't care about technology. It's got nothing. I mean, <laughs> Lee Pace is gorgeous. I don't care about men. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, like, what am I? What's in it for me? There's nothing. There, what I is, say what right is it? A bunch of white people again? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is seen it that is just a crazy interlude about the the i think oh it also God. speaks to sorry i know you're excited but i know i, I think it also <laughs> speaks to the idea of the way women survive sometimes is via sex and, and it always has been in it possibly always will be. And not just sex, deliberately shutting out the things that would make it hard for them to survive by sex. And then the other idea is that women get crucified for that survival instinct. Like, the thing I, I think about mostly is, uh, how in Gone with the Wind you're supposed to be like Melly is the saint and uh, Scarlet Scarlet is, is the devil is the devil, but it's like no, Scarlet is a fucking survivor, like literally a fucking survivor, mm-hmm. and Melly would have died seconds into the war. And, I mean, and, Me- you know and Melly has grit too, but not the same mm-hmm. way. And you know what else? Like Scarlet does not get enough credit. Like Ugh. Scarlet saves Melanie's life so oh, many always. times, and. Are her motives pure? No, no. But it does not change the fact that she did it. It makes me so mad when people don't like Scarlet or like she's just a bitch. It's like, no, that bitch survived. Scarlett Hair is a Scorpio, so solid. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, hell yeah, she is, girl. <laughs> oh man, you I wish we could do a Gone with the Wind <sighs> slash this book, Scarlet. But do you know cast? what? Oh my god, you know? Okay, so real talk. I did not read the whole book of Scarlet because I thought it was so terrible. <gasps> but I just skipped to the end. Oh, disagree. I but think I she like... writes the perfect Margaret Mitchell fanfiction. All, like, right. All right. One thousand percent. All right. Alright, this is another podcast. Do you know that I didn't read Oh, her name is Scarlett. We can include it in the purview of Red All Over. <gasps> oh my god, we could. Awesome. Do you know that I didn't know Gone with the Wind was super racist until I was like 22? Nah. Because of where I grew up. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I like, I texted my friend who's in, who lives in Kentucky and I was like, did you know how racist Gone with the Wind was? And she was like, yeah, doy. And I'm like, oh, I got schooled by somebody who lives in Kentucky. The worst thing about Gone with the Wind is it's so well written and the movie is amazing too, that fucks with you and you're like hey that is messed up that the union soldiers are just trying to take their land. Like, <laughs> the south shall rise again and then you're like they oh a, no. It was a time of genteel knights <laughs> and cotton oh fuck you David of Stelsnick, you fucking methamphetamine addicted motherfucker. Ugh, I can find a way to tie this in. Funnily enough is the idea that you were just saying about like being genteel as a better way of life. It's kind of funny that in the uh, Jezebel's chapter, uh, we see the commander trying to be so courtly because it's like, oh, white men want to be gentlemen, and it's disgusting. But, like, they don't know how. It's like how It's I've like been bred out of them. What pisses me off so much is when I see, like, a guy, like, our age or younger who talks to their male friends and is like, what's up, good sir? They do it all the time, and it makes me want to merge i just saw <laughs> i hate the top so hat so in the handlebar mustache that he's sporting <laughs> <laughs> oh good sir if you're a man don't call another man good sir it looks dumb as fuck. <laughs> i hate it i hate it so much back um, to this yeah book. okay so anyway yeah sorry <laughs> no no listen i quick tange yeah <laughs> that was a long tange that was a real long tange sorry um i defy any of you guys listening to go from my big fat greek <laughs> to gone with God the wind win, to racism to, to, to fuck boys tail. faster <laughs> like honestly we deserve a goddamn medal <laughs> jesus christ now i'm mad now i'm mad what are you mad about oh no i'm just my dander's all up <laughs> <laughs> good news we're reading the handmaids too <laughs> oh boy uh oh did you see where they shout out our podcast in this chapter, no, where they said, uh, uh, my ribs hurt with holding back. I shake, I have, I heave seismic, volcanic, I'll burst red all over <gasps> the cupboard. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! That was the out. I us. love this. This is what I got so excited about is when she laughed, like, because she's like, there's something coming out of me, and oh. I'm like, oh my god, no, but it's just laughter. Oh, I love that. She hasn't laughed in so long. Oh, it's so good. Laughter's so good, guys. It really Make is. Make sure you're laughing. Laugh today. It's really important. Yeah, I love that. It's like it's like uh, involuntary laughter and it's so it's not funny. It's but it's almost like so bleak that it well, is funny. yeah. It's just, uh, what, what other reaction could she have? It's yeah. so ridiculous. It is. It really is. So next uh, up we have uh soul scrolls. Ooh. Not to be confused with the troll toll. <laughs> you gotta pay the troll toll to get this little boy's toll. <laughs> ha ha! I defy any Handmaid's tell podcast to bring up It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Day man. Ah! fight around the night, man. Ah! God, that's so great. Gorgeous. Uh, okay. So... Oh, or- this yeah. is scary. So this... So she falls asleep inside the cupboard... And when she, when Cora comes to get her, she thinks she she's dead, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's where they give a hint to like it was Cora who found mm. the previous handmaid yeah. who committed suicide, but she's not dead; she's alive. Spoiler: she's <laughs> not dead yet. <laughs> so we go <laughs> she's back. She's alive. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler, guys. Um, yeah, and and they decide that it's easier to not tell anybody that her breakfast got smashed. Mm. And she's just not going to eat breakfast because then they'd have to, like, tell, like, uh, I don't want to explain this to a man, so can (laughs) we just not? And other women are like, I got you, boo. Can we do this together? Yeah. Uh, Can we just, ugh, just remember it and remember the lie. Remember it. It's important. Uh, Then this whole next bit of this chapter is like, hey, guys, did you, uh, did you think maybe that uh, flowers weren't a metaphor? Because they hella are a metaphor. (laughs) Flowers have always been a metaphor. I know. But- they are the basic bitch of metaphors. <laughs> uh, so Serena Joy is cutting the the fruiting body of the, the seeds. It, it was a drive-by fruiting! <laughs> so many refs.
1: Hot I know. Refs. I don't
0: know what's going on with me today. I'm so full of references. We're just a little loose and silly. We are a little loose a- and silly. A little, little L&S. Unlike <laughs> little anybody and in the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> uh this is funny uh this reminds me of like betty draper a little bit which i guess you don't like (laughs) mad men so you don't know i do Uh, like (laughs) mad men i just don't like (laughs) betty draper fine i think she is boring af she is but just in an exquisite way (laughs) (laughs) you don't like top of the lake (laughs) god (laughs) so She says, uh, they get sick a lot, these wives of the commanders. It adds interest to their lives. I mean... (laughs) I would do. Listen, if I, like, genuinely didn't have a job or something to do, and I could, I'd just lay in bed. I don't care. Uh, I feel like the framers of Gilead read The Feminine (laughs) Mystique and were like, this sounds great for women. Let's go back to that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Uh... they give a little more insight into the commander and Offred playing Scrabble. Crazy. Scrabble should sponsor this show. I'm just saying. You mean our podcast? Or <laughs> both. They, yeah, should, they, they should, should. They should sponsor the Hulu show there and should by be, extension of our podcast. Exactly. There should be a, a Handmaid's Tale edition of Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's funny. Playing Scrabble. Oh, oh, and he's like, I've got something for you. And it's uh, the magazine, Mm-hmm. It's and I vogue. love it. She goes, "I wanted it with a force that made the ends of my fingers ache." Oh, <sighs> damn, Margaret Atwood! You can write a goddamn sentence. She just so understands human desire. She really does, and even in like this, like menial way, because she talks about reading magazines. I think the way that we all read them, like mm-hmm. you know, on the can at the beach, yeah, in the waiting room, and take them for granted. And when this is her only, her sort only self-text. reading, yeah. I love it. I love it. And uh, they talk kind of about... This is interesting, I think, because the first time that we see magazines in books, which I actually think we may have skipped over when we were talking about the first couple of chapters, is when uh, her mother takes her to that rally Mm -hmm. where they're burning uh, women's magazines, probably similar to to this one and so i think margaret atwood is really interested. it was primarily pornography though oh was it um because that's what was given to offred to burn is, right oh you okay. know, baby offred was did you, did you think so though because i could see some of some of the stuff that they were talking about and maybe this is me just using my <sighs> lens to but think the about one, it the one that they gave her was specifically because they talk about it in the context of the um the movies the porn that aunt lydia shows them at the red center oh interesting so it's like she's she's describing the fact like she had seen this at a young age and oh. like just her sort of I weird like that non-reaction nuance. and like some of the other women who are with her mother were like uh should she not be seeing that and her mom's like it's fine okay she's not she doesn't know fair enough because i uh, to be honest i missed that kind of tying i was assuming they were talking about like hypersexual like advertisements or like i mean it was probably a combo s- spreads in a magazine yeah but that's so interesting is i think margaret atwood is definitely interested in this idea that like women's magazines are for women but they're kind of for men too yeah. and also it's what men approve for women to read yeah exactly and it's and like f- here's how you be better for us Totally. And that's the lens. Whereas men's magazines are about, here's how we be better for ourselves. A lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think this kind of brings me to an idea that I talked about a little bit when I talked about our podcast on Facebook. One of my friends who I think is like a very conservative dude and like only knows about the Handmaid's Tale in context to Harvard because he went to Harvard, which is like good for you. But I just <laughs> threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Whatever. Like smart, probably well-meaning dude. But he he was saying the road to hell is paved with well-meaning dudes. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> but he was saying like isn't the problem in the book the patriarchy? And I or, or isn't the problem in the book masculinity? And I said it's kind of not necessarily because that. well, Alfred prizes masculinity absolutely. And part of the problem with the commander is that he's such a parody of absolutely. it absolutely. Because you do what you do get about Luke is that he is masculine absolutely. He and and, and Nick, even Nick. as well, yeah. mm-hmm. these are men who are attractive to her in the way that a straight cisgender woman right. is attracted to a man right but what I think is it's masculinity to a small degree I mean in that masculinity is affected by the toxicness of the patriarchy yeah but I think it's also this kind of internalized femphobia that like women have and the like how how women other, other women because we have you know the the, Um, i'm not like those other girls (laughs) i'm a cool girl (laughs) but i think that like we look at uh the mother who is super strident feminist and she gets critiqued by her feminist friends for wanting to have a child Mm -hmm. so that's shitty that's yeah. behavior, women on women crimes. Like, she, it's hates still her body, her choice, even if you don't agree with her choice. one hundred. And that's a nuance that I think led to this destruction, because you also have women being upset at women who participate in sex work, or participate mm-hmm. in par- pornography, oh, that makes or me so angry. women, you know, in these magazines. And, and I think what needs to be understood here that nobody quite gets even Offred doesn't quite participate in, is that there are so many ways to be a woman. And if we start policing other women about how to do that, we're fucked. Because everybody is, else is already against women. If women are also against women, mm-hmm. y- it's a shitty time. You're, it, you're not helping anybody. It was something that I really struggled with. Um, I think everyone I, did. Well, But I got into feminism, right? at sort of like the height of the third wave feminist blogosphere. So like, right. uh, Pentagon, and Pam's House Blend and Shakespeare. I'm like pulling this out from the deep, deep recesses <laughs> of my mind. Uh, I I blame the patriarchy, feministing, feminista, like all of those mm-hmm. blogs. And, you know, some of the most heated debates were things like, should we be wearing high heels? Should we be wearing lipstick? And I was like. Still fighting about this totally this isn't important like our house is burning down yeah and we're mowing the lawn yeah or the or the idea that like people are like ooh, emma watson if you're such a feminist how come you're naked on this cover and she's like fuck off <laughs> there there I are think so many ways. she says it's pronounced leviosa <laughs> exactly but i think a, a nuanced understanding of what a woman and indeed what a feminist means Would is you important. Say, it's nuanced. It's important to have a nuanced understanding of what a girl wants, what a girl needs, whatever makes you happy to set you free. And I'm thanking you for doing exactly. Okay. Uh, this is so great. Absolutely. That's I, all. We can end it right now. That's I all love I think podcasting everybody with you wants. so much. It is. A true, genuine delight. <laughs> <laughs> so they're reading the magazine. Oh, this is horrible! This fucking guy. so. So he like makes a thing of like collecting old shit. So old magazines. He's like Steve Buscemi's character in uh, <laughs> Ghost, Ghost World. World. <laughs> uh, exactly. Steve Buscemi would be a great pick for the commander. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God, Wouldn't he it? would. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity, Oh, my God, Hulu. Hulu. Missed opportunity. Oh, my God. Um, But he says, so she kind of questions him, like, how come it's okay for you to have this? And he goes, no, 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 no. What's dangerous in the hands of the multitudes is safe enough for those whose motives are beyond reproach. Like, I hate it. I, I, I don't like it. It's, it's, like, it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's and like it- ironic racism. Or it's also like, oh no no no, immigrants are fine if they happen to be my Slovenian wife. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, everybody else, fuck them. <laughs> no. And God, and why women. Why does that should... sound so familiar? Huh. <laughs> uh, same old thing. It was too banal to be true. <sighs> Am I pronouncing Ooh. that wrong, or is it banal? Banal. It's banal. It's banal. <laughs> as soon as I left my mouth, I'm like, there's banal. no way it's banal. <laughs> banal is the adjectival form of bane from Batman. <laughs> so, like, remember when that guy tried to blow up that stadium? That uh. was real banal. <laughs> you know how you're, like, talking, like, in a very garbled way, but still British? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's super banal. Oh, man. This, uh, she asks him for lotion. Oof. She explains about the butter, mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, and he's like, "Oh, that's a nice little trick that you're doing." He's like, "That's very clever, butter." It's like saying, "Oh God, oh, Ugh. I hate it. It's so, it's so demeaning. Ugh. I could have slapped him." And this, uh, I still feel this all the time. Hmm. Like I feel this with men in my life. Oh, um, you say something and they make fun of you. But it's, like, it's not, you know, you can, like, there are people where you can, like, give each other shit and it's fine, but every once in a while, with a dude, you're like, you don't get to say that to me. Please don't, yeah. And they don't understand why not. Yeah. They don't get it. Yeah, I know. If I- you're a man and you're listening, <laughs> could you just get it? Could you just start figuring Trying it out, it, please? please? <laughs> uh. And then it's it's uh, this tightrope rope ro- tight rope walk we talked about with the doctor kind of happening again. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be like shooting straight, but not too straight, mm-hmm. because remember, you to got a zigzag him, to him. I am only a whim, which is interesting because I think this whole section that we're reading implies that he pulled the same shit with the last handmaid. I and think and it's she very got clear. killed. Yeah, she got killed. Well, she killed herself. Yeah. She killed herself. Okay, that's right. I forgot. But I mean, or did she? We don't know. Oh, she did. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it could have been somebody else. I don't think it was. Can you just let me have my okay? Okay, tale okay conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. No, injuries, no, no, please. That's a great you can idea. read about it <laughs> on my blog <laughs> on the deep web. <laughs> you can't. I have never been there. I don't even go on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty solid choice, I would think. Too uh, much knowledge is a dangerous thing. <laughs> All right, so uh, then we get a new, ah! we get another ceremony night, and it looks like the commander caught himself some feelings. Oh no! He tries to touch her face, and she's like, "Dude, not in front of your Come wife!" On. What girl. are you five? I like that. Like he. The commander is so funny because he just wants the girlfriend experience because he feels sad to be having sex with somebody he doesn't really know. Oh, well, 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 poor old man. Men's feelings are not important. To no, me. they are not. <laughs> uh, he was no longer a thing to me. That was the problem. I yeah. realized it that night, and the realization had stayed with me. It complicates. So, I mean, insofar as you want to give the Framers of Gilead any credit. I mean, this was working. Yeah. It was working reasonably well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they are all used to women crying during sex. <laughs> hey, oh. Uh, but, like, uh, you know, now he's, he's thrown a monkey wrench in things. Yeah. Caught feelings. And that's a bad idea in a dystopia. Yeah. Never catch feelings. Yeah. Survival, in survival <laughs> tip. If you find yourself in a dystopia, <laughs> avoid catching feelings at all costs. I think uh, this brings up the idea that the commander just doesn't get how much danger he's putting her in. Like, he's going to be fine. Men never do. They don't. Men are always going to be fine. (sighs) Well, white men are. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, men don't think about how dangerous it is. Yeah. And he constantly just, like, flies in the face of stuff and does shit that could get her so in trouble and doesn't care. And it's like, dude, you know your wife is not a down bitch. She's not. She is not on board with any of this shit that you're pulling. Like, she may not be able to hurt you, but she can hurt literally everybody else in this orbit. Absolutely. Uh, The next thing, weirdly enough, kind of relates to this Gone with the Wind tangent we were on earlier, where Aunt Lydia is talking about how we only have to do this handmade thing for a little while because eventually we're going to get the population back on track and your da- your daughter's daughters will adore us uh, because your daughters aren't going to have to do this. And it's kind of like the idea in Gone with the Wind that, like, you know, you're not going to be appreciated in your time, but you're doing stuff that sets it up for mm-hmm. other people. And she she ends it by saying this shitty thing. She goes, but we can't be greedy pigs and demand too much before it's ready. Now, can we? It's like, oh, no. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Horrible. Uh, let's move on to chapter, tw- section 27. Uh, ooh, what? I just, I forgot. I, you're just cute. It's fine. Yeah, You're cute. Shut up. You're, not, you're cute. I'm not cute. No, <laughs> you're cute. Uh, I, they talk about, again, I, I, I hope, like, every time Margaret Atwood has, like, a word that means more than one thing, she just, like, is at her writing desk and, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> i see what i did there (laughs) i'm so sardonic oh margaret she is such a beast oh and and mags because she goes she's talking about um what the different signs look in the marketplace and then she ends the paragraph by saying sign language (laughs) 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 you got one you pulled a funny mags So she's in the marketplace with Off Glenn, and... uh, Uh, The the description of the heat in these dresses makes me angry. It makes me angry. I hate... Especially because it's, like, East Coast, like, wet, nasty heat. Yeah, it's disgusting. I would even say grody. (laughs) (laughs) Bold choice, but I support you uh and so they your podcast <laughs> your choice <laughs> uh they talk about the way that off glenn and Offred talk to each other is uh by looking at the window of soul scrolls soul scrolls uh which is the place that prints i guess little like a- affirmations yeah well it's it you know it's it's sort of like um uh oh crud why well, cannot remember this uh indulgences Ah, in yeah. a Catholic I, church feels mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, you can pray for your the soul of mm-hmm. your deceased relative, but you have to pay. Mm-hmm. So you do have to pay the troll toll. <laughs> um, <laughs> bringing it back around, um, yeah. But so it's and then this is this is one of the other hobbies of the wives mm-hmm. is buying soul scrolls and like you know and it's this outward demonstration of piety Mm -hmm. um and speaking of piety, which is really against the bible because it's like you know don't let your right hand baby know what your left hand do that's actually beck but um (laughs) it's from the bible kind of beck the bible i don't know the bible i love the the dictionary. and uh, and he spake unto him i'm a loser baby (laughs) So why dost thou not kill me? <laughs> I mean, that is what Jesus said to Pontius Pilate. <laughs> oh! Oh! Biblical humor. Speaking of biblicalness, mm-hmm. uh, this is the point where we find out that Off Glenn is not a true believer. <gasps> Off Glenn's been on the inside this whole oh time. God. Pretty great. Uh, Pretty great. Off Glenn. I'm excited. You sassy minx. Ugh. Oh, sly. So I think there's that funny moment where she's like, Off Fred is like, I didn't think you were a believer. And Off Glenn's like, I thought you were a believer. Yeah, like they yeah. both none of them. Well, trusted and I mean, yeah, I mean that's the whole point of this society is that women are not trustworthy, so. and the, and that the, I think what's nefarious about this whole situation is it pits women against each other. You which mean is I think like where the reality that we have lived in yes. our entire lives. It's so shitty. It's so shitty. Women love other women. Be nice. We've got bigger fish to fry. We have so much bigger fish to fry. Yeah, like whale-sized fish. Oh my god. So the next chapter begins with some moira. Some much needed moira. Uh where Moira says, like, I can't believe you're you're uh defecting to the penis side, basically. And uh Alfred's like, more calm down. Like, you get mad pussy. Like, you're as much of a player as anyone. And she goes, no, it's different, because the balance of power was equal between two women, and sex was an even-steven transaction. I think this has haunted me for the entirety oh, really? of my heterosexual life. Like, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's true. How – do you really think that? I don't know if it's, like, a slight generational thing between you and me. <laughs> but, like, by and large, I don't know – that I have ever had a sexual relationship with a man Uh who didn't feel inherently superior to me. No, I will agree to that. I guess, I guess. And it's like, I know it's not true, but they very much don't know that that's true. But don't you think that, or if they do, it's like, look how, look what a good guy I am. Uh. Look how good I am for pretending that you're my equal. Mm, that's kind of interesting. I don't quite know that I agree with that. But there is I think that the power dynamic in the rela- in any relationship is always who likes who more. It is. And I think but I I dis- I'm disagreeing with Moira here and I bet, you know, lesbians struggle with that. <sighs> yeah, that's true. But so, I mean at least from a purely philosophical fine <laughs> point of view, I think that this holds water. I guess. Um, well, isn't that an interesting idea to juxtapose against what Aunt Lydia is saying that like me- women lead men around by the nose yeah. and women are the neck? Yeah. Uh, so it's so funny that both of those things can be true. So women have two heads or two necks? I um, mean, lesbians. How many of them have a, a twin in them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. So she's teased. I think what's different. So you could say that, like, Moira and Alfred's uh, mother are similar, because they're both very radical femor- feminists, yeah. whereas Offred is kind of, like, in the middle, almost as a rebellion of being friends right. with both of those people. But what I think makes Moira different than her mom is, like, Moira has a sense of humor. Moira and has Moira, a sense of humor, like, and uh, Moira... It's not even necessarily that Offred's mom is sex-negative, but Moira is so clearly sex-positive. That must be what I'm sensing. Like, there's just – there is this fundamental difference. And if you think – I mean, if you think about when this was written and when it came out, um, so, you know, Offred's mom is clearly, like, a second wave, like, consciousness-raising group-having lady. (laughs) And, you know, so Moira is uh, a – I guess she – They're a little bit too old to be Gen Xers. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what that generation, like, between the baby boom and the Gen Xers would be. Fucked by the housing market, Ah! Kelly. (laughs) Back to you. (laughs) And you Uh, say you're not interested in the 80s. No. Uh, Again, I'm going to bring up my favorite pet theory about this book. They mean cats are special because, <laughs> for <laughs> whatever reason, when she's talking about again, again, fucking Margaret, you're sly as a fox. She talks about sly the, as a cat. Exactly. She talks about the different uh, meanings of the word job or job. And then she talks about apparently, I think this is a Canadian thing <laughs> where they call dog pooping doing a jobby. That's, that sounds like a Canadian thing via Great Britain. I'm gonna say that's something like that. But she ends this, Alfred ends this by saying, I can remember when there were newspapers, though I never had a dog, only cats. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Margaret, I wanna know your secret, like. (laughs) Because cats rule and dogs drool, as I learned in the movie Homeward Bound. (laughs) The incredible journey. Uh, agreed. Now, talk about a woman that did what she had to survive. Sassy oh. is a feminist role Sally model. Sally Field. Sally Field. Excellent voice work there, Sally. Very good. Sally Field. Also a Scorpio. Oh my God! Everyone's not a Scorpio. Uh, Sally Field definitely <laughs> is. You can look this. Look, I know who's a Scorpio, Molly. We have meetings. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> When when the Handmaid's Tale shows up, I'm gonna go through the entire cast list on IMDB and find out who <laughs> all the Scorpios are. <laughs> okay, you'll be that. like this random uh soldier. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. He's been an extra on uh Entourage. You're being a little extra. You're right being now. <laughs> a little extra. Don't even, don't even. Uh this next page I underlined a shit ton. Uh and I think it's it's about Oh, no, this is so scary. This talks about when they started noticing that the world was different and they go that that was when. Oh, I guess that's how they did everything the way they did all at once without anyone knowing beforehand. If there had still been portable money, it would have been more difficult. So they talk about how the world slowly gets to a point where you can control everyone more easily, a.k.a. what's going on mm-hmm. in our lives right now. Yeah. Because uh, they talk about nobody uses, like, paper money. Everybody pays for things digitally. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, can I point out some more fun canadian slash atwoodian jokes oh this good. is a little bit she's talking about luke with moira and she asks if uh <laughs> moira's calling luke a social disease and they call std social diseases in canada which oh! i know from my favorite episode of all time of degrassi where emma is <laughs> hooking up with jay and he gives her um i believe it's gonorrhea in her Ooh. throat Ooh. and she says you gave me a social disease oh, do they and really? his rejoinder is i liked how you had like virtue or whatever It is the best. It's this whole thing where she's, like, in a production of Dracula at the school, and it's so heavy-handed. Anyway, it's Uh, freaking great. It's amazing. I like how social disease is, like, such a sweet way to say that. It's like, oh, hey, did you hear that she got the social disease? (sighs) Oh, what's that about? Um, Um, And then... That's funny. I didn't know that. That's great. We find out what Afra's job was before uh, she transferred books to computer disks. Oh, no. And they called the library a discotheque, which was a joke of ours, because, like, biblioteca. But also discs. It's funny. It's language for you, Maggie. And then they suspended the Constitution. Yes! (laughs) They said it would be temporary. Oh, no. All of this is happening. (laughs) Uh, I like... Oh, I wrote this down. So they... Oh! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! It's murdering me. It goes, newspapers were censored. Uh, they talk, I think, on this page also about coming after Muslims. Yes, which I'm like, oh no. And it's interesting because here's what it's interesting is is when they talk about censoring the press, they talk about the sensation that people were kind of glad because they're like, ah, there was like too much news, and it was like, you could why don't never... they ever? Why don't they ever say anything about the good news? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, and uh, talking about oh oh no this is what it is is they talk about they cut down they destroyed all the porn shops and all the porn magazines and everyone is kind of like yeah that's fine mm-hmm. and it's such an idea of this like first they came for my neighbor and i said nothing and it's like we were kind of glad that they weeded out these shitty things just like yeah. how now people are kind of like you're right n- n- news is biased we mm-hmm. should cut out some it's like oh baby baby girl it's a slippery slope <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth oh man uh yeah yeah and we get her trying to buy cigarettes and they're declining her card they won't they won't uh give her any cigarettes which is horrible it's one of the worst (laughs) things that can happen to you as a smoker it's happened to me um and uh they talk about she talks about it with moira Mm -hmm. and um wait you're you're missing the part where they came to work and they forced (gasps) them to leave am i are we yeah yeah yeah, sorry a little bit it's oh yeah it's it's later she talks to moira but yeah she goes into work and they're like oh yeah we have to let all of you go and they're like you can't do that and they're like we are literally required by law to fire all of you jeez so scary it this is it chilled me this chapter because it's just it's just a little too close to what's they're us right now in my office I don't know if that's there outside, he said, in my office. But anyway, if you don't go now, they'll come in themselves. They gave me 10 minutes. By now, he sounded crazier than ever. <sighs> uh, yeah. And this is the most horrendous part, uh, is when she's talking about all the women outside kind of just not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. What was it about this that made us feel as if we deserved it? <laughs> Girl, that's that internalized femophobia Every day. Every oh single day anything bad that happens, I'm like, I yeah, lord. I deserve this. I'm a bad it's person. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so awful. It's so bad. Uh yeah, so she's in her apartment, she brings Moira over. Uh oh god. <laughs> so Mo- Moira gets it cuz Moira's cool as fuck. Um And they they say they build the world a little bit that, like, anybody with an F next to their name instead of an M, Offred doesn't need to worry necessarily because all of her money will be transferred to Luke because he's her husband. Uh, And they ask, like, what's Moira going to do? And it says she looked even more energetic and more determined. Uh, She's going to – this is where she talks about going underground. But I think it's funny that, like, the rest of this chapter is talking about how Luke kind of doesn't get it. (laughs) Yeah, he sure doesn't. He just really, he really doesn't like, he's like, well, it's okay. Like, our money is together now. And the best is when she says, I think it's in this chapter. She goes, he wanted to make love. (laughs) She's like, no, could you not? I don't have any money and I got fired. Like, that's not what's happening right now. (laughs) Could you like, just not? Yeah. And then we get to the, um, the protests. There were marches, of course. A lot of women and some men. Ain't it always the way. (laughs) But they were smaller than you might have thought. I guess people were scared, and when it was known that the police or the army or whoever they were would open fire almost as soon as any of the marches even started, the marches stopped. Jeez. Yikes. Gee. I'm so glad that we've militarized our entire police force. Oh, wait. uh, And then here we are again with, like, women against other women. It talks about The uh, anti-abortion... The women who are anti-abortion fighting with the pro-choice people. Which is happening now. I mean, it's always happened. Near constant. This is interesting. I kind of don't understand this. So, uh, it's uh, talking about one of the mother's friends, and she goes, Fucking bleeders, one of her friends said. They called the other side bleeders after the signs they carried, Let Them Bleed. So it must have been the abortion riots. So I'm just a little confused about this because it sounds like the anti-abortion people are holding signs that say let them bleed, but I don't get what that means necessarily because it seems like what they would want is you to not bleed. Unclear. I'm confused. Yeah, I don't Unless know. they mean the providers. Maybe, uh, listeners, if you have any insight insight into this particular quote, let us know, please. I want to go back to something she says about Luke. Absolutely, um, I didn't go to any of the marches. Luke said it would be futile, and I had to think about them, my family, him, and her. I did think about my family. I started doing more housework, more baking, like uh, this You're- is this is what I'm talking about. Like yeah. Luke, Luke is Luke is unilaterally deciding what's more important. And you know, if there are these protests where things are getting violent very, very fast, uh-huh. he's not—he's not a monster for saying, "I'm worried about you. I don't want you to get hurt." We have this kid together that we I have agree to take with care you, but of. it's the tone. Absolutely, it's the tone, and this is why I don't like Luke. Luke is like, not a woke bay. He's not. Luke is absolutely not a woke bay. He—he's—he's. He's, Luke is like one of those people that's like, "No, no, no. I'm such an ally." Uh-huh. Uh, let me explain to you why I'm an ally. Luke's a male feminist. <laughs> Luke is a male feminist, and fine. I mean, honestly, I would prefer that kind of guy to, like, the commander. But you know what is the funny thing? I bet the commander thinks he's a male feminist, too. Well, he's a male feminist <laughs> in the way that women who are anti-abortion right. get up on their high horse and they're like, abortion hurts my men. Mm. Abortion hurts my men. <laughs> uh, guess what? Everything hurts women. Gross. So unless you want to outlaw everything. Mm-hmm. Like, take a number. Yikes. So, I definitely don't understand that part. Please explain it to me. Okay. Uh, Could a man please explain? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get so many messages now from They're I like, don't care. I would be happy to explain oh. the anime's tale to you. Oh, really? Thanks. Also, I really don't appreciate what you said about male feminists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me ruin my mustache wax. <laughs> <laughs> I bathe in your tears. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. One time I, like, commented, I shouldn't have done this, this is antagonistic for no reason but i like i posted something mean on like a mra facebook group yeah and i like they got upset as they are wont to do and i said because i was lost in the sauce at this point i was like i bathe in your tears they're like "Uh, actually did you know that male tears mean semen so go ahead it's like oh honey you just decided that's what that means now we have to unpack what it means you think your dick is crying all the time like I've been bathing in male tears ever since I read Once is Not Enough by Jacqueline Suzanne, which oh, yeah. is where I learned that Stephen is great for your complexion. <laughs> I think a man made that up. <laughs> uh, if by a man you mean Jacqueline Suzanne. Jacqueline Sue's man. <gasps> oh! You know who played her in the movie uh, Isn't She Great? Who? Bette Midler. Of the Midler Medley? Of the Midler Medley. <laughs> God damn it, Kelly. <laughs> Cheese Louise. Some say come. <laughs> it is a lotion. No. Nope. I'm not gonna follow you on this singing tangent. I refuse. Oh, that may be my finest work of all time. Ugh. Yep. So have we said enough about luke We have. We have said enough about Woo about Wook. About Wook's <laughs> non wokeness. <laughs> so we we get some stuff about Nick now. And I think she does this a lot. Like, she talks about Luke, and then she's like, oh, and then here's Nick. Yeah. And then there's Nick! (laughs) But she wants to know, because he's the guy, he always signals whether or not it's a night that she should go see the commander, and she's like, what is he getting out of this arrangement? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, you know, is he really in a position to not do stuff the commander wants him to do? That's more likely. But she, but I mean, you know, she, I mean, that's the first thing that she thinks of when she goes to see the commander, is -hmm. like... I have leverage now. Yeah. So Nick now also has some leverage, so he can ask for something. That's interesting, yeah. Um, so she's just, you know, she's just extrapolating and being like, okay, well, he gets something out of this. And, and, you know, she has nothing else to think about. Right. So she's like, <laughs> well, I don't want to keep thinking about my husband and my daughter that are gone forever. I'm going to think about this weirdo. <laughs> and then, I mean, great pivot off of the idea of having leverage is she asks, the next thing she asks for is for him to interpret the latin uh that she sees uh written in her room and it is also the sign off for this very podcast (laughs) is it it is it's true Uh, i've been here the whole time and so then he mansplains latin to her (laughs) um yeah so it basically means don't let the bastards grind you down and it's like a schoolboy joke is sort of his (gasps) which i still don't get it (laughs) Um okay. Can, like legitimately, can somebody please explain okay. why this is funny in Latin? It's funny in Latin because uh it doesn't translate exactly, basically. Oh, I see. Like they reverse engineered this to mean don't uh, okay. let the bastards grind you down. Okay. i, I guess that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh men don't have a sense of humor. I don't know what to tell you. They're not funny. Uh it's interesting it's interesting to note too. Um he talks about it being scrawled in the, the the margins and on the pictures of this book, uh, and then. I think it's just relevant that they graffiti on the picture of the Sabine women, which, if I remember correctly, is a rape scene. It is, and so. it's also an entire musical number in the film Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, uh, which is real bad on gender, but man, is that song great. <laughs> Them women were sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Is it really? Yeah, because they, um, they can't pronounce, like, you know, they're like these, like, backwoods uh, hicks. Okay. And so the woman that this guy has sort of uh, she's mostly consensually married this guy because he meets her and he's like bless your beautiful hide and she's (laughs) like I'm not going to get any other offers (laughs) Um, so she has read the bible to him and his uh, six other brothers about the Sabine women but Mm. they are dumb and they think it's sobbing um, because they're crying because they're getting raped Uh, but then they're like oh but it worked out great because you know Stockholm Syndrome Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, Howard Keel. Oh, so this is what... So then, the next bit of information she asks for is about what happened to the last handmaid. And she goes... He says, yeah, she hanged herself because Serena Joy found out. So Serena Joy, he's such an... A- so he such does, an asshole. So he does not... Like, he essentially does know the risk, and he just doesn't care. Actually, to be honest... I didn't read this with that context before, but do you think this is implying that Serena Joy fucking killed her? I don't know, man. Because I never thought about that before you said it. It seems like, well, I mean, they can't, like, any like anything that happens, like, it has to be corroborated by two people, right? hmm So, but I mean, it's never, I don't think it's ever, it's never postulated in here, but I'm mm. always just like, how, how could you find a way to kill, to hang yourself in this situation? I don't know. I mean, I guess the The bedsheet, but... Yeah, it uh, is a bedsheet. I mean, I guess if you really want to kill yourself... Oh, boy. uh, Death finds a way? (laughs) It's the anti-Jurassic Park. Like, Ian Malcolm, can you hear me? (laughs) Not in the books, he can't. (laughs) Although, didn't he get resurrected for the sequel? Like, he dies in the original book, and then he comes back? I genuinely don't. Spoilers! Spoiler alert for (laughs) Jurassic Park and the Lost World. Oh, boy. I don't even care. (laughs) Um... And then she. This is an important part because it gets mirrored later in this section, where she says, "I I want something. I want something." He goes, "Besides lotion." And she's like, "Yes, fucking. Let's move on." You know what this makes me? (laughs) This is like the end of the Vivi Itch, where he's like, "Wouldst thou like the taste of butter?" What's that like? A pretty dress. Uh, what? i need like you to stop you're scaring me so much i don't, don't want okay, it i don't okay i'm done now i'm done oh my now gosh, that I, movie is so good it's very good i watch it all the time <laughs> oh my gosh it is a good movie that is terrifying but you're right like it, it's my favorite part to quote <laughs> oh. and it was just like all asmre in my headphones and now i'm like don't you dare i don't don't you stop it I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm just laughing Ugh. because I have now ruined your life. No, I wouldn't go that far because I really like that movie. So I can just be like, okay, it's a go. Like, chill out. Like, everybody's fine. Uh, don't do not do it, though. Blackfell, put a crown upon his head. That doesn't scare me. Those kids had it coming. Those kids are <laughs> assholes. I'm glad that ah. they presumably died. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> spoilers for the VVH. Okay, a- another VVH <laughs> spoiler is like, I like how the answer is like, nope, devil's real. <laughs> You know, I find, honestly, I would be so much more comforted if the devil was real. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know why. Why? I don't know. It would mean something. God, if you're listening, I just want to say I do not cosign that. I'm not even positive I believe in you myself, but I'm just trying to cover my bases. You know, if, look, uh, can you think of a better uh, explanation for the problem of evil? Uh, nope. I mean, really, my bigger problem is that the devil hasn't done anything for me lately. You know, I can't fly. I can't uh, harness the power of eternal youth. You do have some butter, though. (laughs) Like butter, like butter on sin. Uh. (laughs) But the part I was actually referring to is where she goes, I would like to know. And he goes, know what? And she goes, everything know she says whatever there is to know what's, what's going like on know? no <laughs> no you snuck it in you snuck it in i won't I do it again oh we crazy peeked at me yelling at you but i don't even care girl that... i got level later it's fine oh my god it don't even matter don't scare me i'm very scared of okay, everything <laughs> i won't scare you anymore you wouldn't think i would have to tell you that <laughs> You <laughs> wouldn't think I would have to tell you that. And yet, here thank we you, are. Thank you for setting the boundary. And I apologize for <laughs> violating your boundary immediately after you told me. But that's flirting. You said that earlier. <laughs> Speaking of cats. <laughs> me? This Ow. next chapter is where they kill one. <laughs> Woof. Horrible. This is This, this is was the most brutal thing. And I, like lots of scary stuff happens in this book. But the, I straight up cried. <laughs> Reading about him like gently killing the cat. I Ugh. hate it. Ugh. I don't want that to happen. But it's so interesting because like this pet could betray you the same way that your kid could betray you just yeah. by like wanting to go home. And I thought I was like, lock the cat inside, do something. But no, you gotta kill the cat. You gotta I know. kill the cat. I know. It's like um is isn't it like Save the Cat? Is that screenplay ah, book that I have that I haven't ever read? Huh. <laughs> You don't need save that. the cat, dissect the frog. Like too many animal books about how need, I should write. You mean poking the frog? Is that what it? Yeah, do <laughs> you own it? <laughs> uh, you're right. It is poking <laughs> the frog. I just looked behind me. Right. Listen, now. Listen. You don't need that patriarchal manual. <laughs> manual. Manual. Manuel. Can Miranda. We, can we change it to the Spring Ovester? <laughs> That lady had a point. Oh I my I like God. how she's demonized in Legally Blonde, even though I mostly co-sign all of Legally Blonde. You know, if she had come to a frat party, though, I would have at least been nice to her. <laughs> Legally Blonde is the feminist movie that we all overlook. Whoever said that Orange is the New Pink was seriously disturbed. <laughs> These aren't last season. <laughs> I love if you want Enrique us to do it <laughs> if you guys want us to do an in-depth Legally Blonde podcast I will do it without um, hesitation it's we gonna could be called do Pink the all sequel no. red, white, and blonde <laughs> it's uh, on theme that's all I'm saying so terribly sad they kill the cat that's oh this is horrible they force you to kill within yourself <sighs> <sighs> this is just so sad <laughs> This book is so sad. It's so upsetting. That was a heavy sigh, sponsored by the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, providing heavy, tortured sighs and groans since 1989. <laughs> it's like it's like the when at the baseball game when like Budweiser sponsors the stretch, <laughs> or in Futurama when they're like brought to you by Fishy Joes, <laughs> ride the walrus. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so she's talking about how you can kill yourself in the room. Lean your weight forward and not fight, which is just kind of how... Oh, that was it, because I was literally just asking. (laughs) How would you do it? That way. How do you do it? Oh, no. (laughs) That is horrifying. Oh, Oh, God, it's no joke. Oh, God, oh, God. How can I keep on living? (sighs) Too real. Too real. Too real. Too real. I have got to stop lying in bed for an hour every morning. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right, now we get to jezebel's oh, possessive. possessive now it's on bitches oh my god yes uh i will say i'm very excited to see how they do the jezebel's portion in the show i not just too. because i want to see samir wiley in a playboy bunny costume i up oh, speaking illegally blonde oh yes It's so on theme. You look like a walking felony. (laughs) Warner sucks so much. But you know what's great about Legally Blonde? I mean, going back to the idea that women shouldn't fight other women. Yeah, because she becomes best friends with Selma Blair. It would have been so easy to be like, no, fuck Selma Blair. She's a bitch this whole time. It's like, no, she's really not. Like, they're friends, and they should be friends. And Warren's the biggest (sighs) She's not entirely unfortunate looking. (laughs) (laughs) uh warner doesn't even do his own laundry he has i know out. he has to have it sent out <laughs> <laughs> i love that movie that mo- if you don't like legally blonde you fall into the the same yeah pit that, yeah we're gonna create Greek an wedding. entire venn diagram oh, of like god. the kind of person it's acceptable to be <laughs> jesus yeah oh <Uh-oh. laughs> uh oh god this breaks my heart as much as as problematic as Luke is, I love that she goes, I want him here in this bedroom while I'm getting dressed so I could have a fight with him. Isn't that no, so look, achingly couple It's so just any like just any human connection that's authentic and genuine. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like I I I am not pro Luke, but I'm pro her being with Luke if Me that's too. what makes her happy. Absolutely. You know, because it doesn't, you know, it seems like he's not abusive. He no. gets along with Moira and her mom. Uh, he seems like he's a good dad. He'll kill a cat for you. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, he's as good as she can do in this crazy mixed yeah. up world. Absolutely. So it, it makes me sad that she misses the tiny nuances of being in a relationship. I just, I love that. And that makes me, me sad. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. So she talks about, uh, kind of the problem with Moira. And I can think, I think this extends to her mother too. She's like, I didn't like that, this grudge holding against the past. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's what you get. I mean, you mm-hmm. get this um, both in terms of women, like, sexism and racism. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who are like, well, I don't like, you know, I didn't have slaves. Yeah. You know, well, I I wasn't, you know, property. Right. Yeah. Um, <sighs> It's just – it's weird because it's like, well, then – I don't think it's – I think the solution is not that it's Mm grudge-holding, but it's like looking at the past and saying, how do I be better than those people? It's not – and it's like – it's more of acknowledging accountability, I think. Well, and it's like, how do I atone for that? Like, maybe you personally didn't do it. Maybe even your family didn't personally do it. But it's like, you benefit from male privilege. You benefit from white privilege how How do you demonstrate compassion uh-huh. and how do you amend for right what these other people did that is benefiting you right now mm-hmm. i don 't know yeah I mean it 's obviously complicated, totally. and i 'm not going to be the one to solve it but <laughs> no unfortunately i don 't think we can yeah <laughs> uh, this I thought this was great. She talks about how oh she talks about when they are speaking about off Glen about this whole network of women. And she she talks about how her mom had kind of a network of women who were like resistance fighters before there was uh, something crazy tangible to resist against. And she goes, uh, networks, networking, one of my mother's old phrases, a musty slang of yesteryear, even in her 60s, she still did something she called that. Though, as far as I could tell, all it meant was having lunch with some other woman. hashtag Lean in. hashtag That is networking. hashtag That's all it takes. You know, networking gets such a bad rap, and it can be terrible. Mm-hmm. Like I talk about, people like, oh, blah blah blah, small. Talk. I mean, it doesn't have to be small talk, and also, not every relationship needs to be deep, y'all. Yeah, like it's okay. Yeah, to, you know, to say use other, but you know, other people are useful. And if you're all working toward a common goal, you don't have to be best friends. Absolutely. And I, 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 it bothers me in comedy and also in business when people are like, oh, I I don't like to network. I hate networking. I hate promoting myself. It's like, like, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want out of life? (laughs) I don't get what you're, what you think you're achieving. What are your skills? Because that's the thing is if you follow what you're passionate about, it's not a chore. Yeah. If you find yourself regularly in spaces with people who are doing things that you care about, then it's not as difficult. Absolutely. So if you hate networking, you probably hate yourself. Yeah. Oof. Boy. Hashtag lean the fuck in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, true dat. True dat. (gasps) Oh my God. This. Okay. So. Oh my God. So she gets back home. Serena Joy's out in the lawn. And she's like, hey, hey, come here. Sit down. Hold this. And she's basically like, um, I'm going to smoke this cigarette. We get a weird... Oh, and she's like knitting and stuff. And um, Serena basically makes Offred a... Uh, an an offer she can't... She can't- <laughs> 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 I knew it was you, Serena Joy. Uh, she's like, hey, guess what? Uh, my husband also infertile. I know it's a crime to say that, but he fucking is. Uh, so you're going to have sex with Nick. Yeah. To get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Offred is like, well, uh, I can't, I can't, uh, and you know, she she's trying to, like, toe the line and be like, I could, you know, that's a crime, I'm not allowed. And Serena Joy is like, yeah, um, I don't care. And then she, she has a treat for her, too. She gives her a cigarette. Well, yeah, she gives her a cigarette, but also she says that... <laughs> Sorry. Clearly you can see where my priorities are. <laughs> uh, she says that if you do this, if you have sex with Nick to have a, us a baby, uh, I'll sh- find a picture of your little girl. Because <gasps> <Ooh! laughs> until... Be- t- before now, we never got any confirmation that she was still alive. Yeah. So this is the first time not only is she alive, she's presumably... In the greater Boston area, mm-hmm. nearby, mm-hmm. holy damn, like that's so scary. And of course, how could she refuse? She can't. I mean, she I mean, and can't she's, on so she's many been levels. able to be kind of slippery up to this point, but now yeah. she's at a point where she's like, "Well, all right, I gotta take this chance. Here we go." Uh, and so, she, <laughs> I I think it's very cute, her like asking for the matches. I don't know why that endears me. but Well, I mean, they infantilize the handmaids. So yeah, it's totally. Like it's like a child literally asking to play with a match. Uh, and then the reason they're not allowed to have matches is because, you know, you could do bad things to it. And it's just funny how cavalierly Rita says, now don't go setting fire to nothing. Not to them curtains in your room. It's too hot the way it is. Not like, hey, maybe don't commit arson. It's just like, oh, man, it is too hot to start a fire today. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> you know, I was gonna start a fire, but it's too hot. Was this part where she smokes a cigarette or think about smoking a cigarette? Was this hard for you to read as somebody quitting smoking? Literally everything about cigarettes is hard for me. <laughs> um, Yeah. Like, I... I was, as we were talking about this, I was just like, man, if I got diagnosed with a terminal illness, I would spend the rest of my short (laughs) life smoking. Like, I just would. I would. I love it. Do you miss smoking more than drinking? Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, the reason that I had to quit drinking is more so so I quit smoking. Mm. Um, You know, there were bad consequences for me drinking also. Right. But the worst is that it made it impossible for me to stop smoking. (laughs) Um, So I can't do anything now. (laughs) My life is a wonderland. You don't have any long, rich, dirty cinnamon size. No, I don't. Ugh. And I can uh, climb hills a lot faster now. So, oh, that's yeah. wonderful. I mean, there's a ton of benefit. And, like, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that I quit, but at the same time, my monkey brain is like, oh, my God. I would murder somebody to have a cigarette. Well, it's interesting because I think this book talks a lot about, like, vice mm-hmm. in that way, too. It's like they are eating so healthily and it's like it's more of a a divergence than ever to drink or smoke and they crave it Uh mostly because it's a free will i had a teacher in high school who asserted you cannot regulate pleasure and i think it's true um i mean we try to do it but i mean human beings are not good at self-care no (laughs) they're like is it bad for me give me we have some more scrabble playing beep 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 oh. <laughs> so this is the long interlude of the commander mansplaining uh, dystopia uh, and uh, he's oh he's such a shithead he's such a shithead about explaining like no 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 this is this world we're living in this is a woman's world. I mean, women are the best. We're doing this to take care of women. And like, I would consider myself an ally. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. And Alfred can see through his bullshit this whole time. And she keeps questioning him. She's like, is it? Is it actually better for anybody? Which is the question we've been wrestling with this whole time. And he kind of says, of course. Oh, like, my God. Ugh. I hate this guy so much. I am endeared to him just because he's such a fuckboy, and he's not a fuckboy in a malicious way, necessarily. He's a fuckboy in a dumb way. It's so interesting. You have so much more empathy for men than I do. (laughs) Like, so much. (laughs) I don't know if it's because I'm older or if it's because I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I don't have empathy for? Scorpios. Nobody should! (laughs) Nobody should have empathy for a Scorpio. (laughs) It's essentially having empathy for the devil. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's why I'm so good at impersonating, uh... The devil in uh, the VBS. I'm not going to do it again. You made me scared. I'm so sorry. Then we go to the pray pre-vaga- vaganza Ugh, gross. I hate prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I hate prayer. I think prayer is stupid. Hot take. <laughs> uh, what does it accomplish? Uh, it makes your soul feel nice. Mm. It's like a wishing well. Kiss and tell. (laughs) No, we can't start singing. We've gone too long already. All right, all right. right. I mean, we can still fit in a couple more legally (laughs) blonde refs. Let's just get. Look, we're almost to Jezebel's. Oh man. Uh, So they're at the preveganza, which is where everybody gets a chance to talk. Uh, This is also where they do a group marriage. Yeah, and we find out Janine's baby is a shredder. Sad. Angela, which we I think we discussed this a little bit before, but it's it's like they they have some kind of admo- abnormality, which is very troubling because they go through the rigmarole in the last section of talking about how, you know, Angela, the baby had all her, her fingers and toes and she was shaped correctly. So who knows what was wrong with her? Mm hmm. Who knows? Like, did maybe she have Down syndrome? Because I feel like you would be able to see if somebody had Down syndrome like right away. Yeah. Or, or, or are we supposed to get that she just died? I don't think so. Because I think people who die are like uh, the unbaby or whatever. And I think things with uh, abnormal babies born with some kind of abnormality are shredders. So it just makes you wonder, like, what was wrong? And we don't find out. We never it's do. And it's not for us to know. Scarier that way, to be honest. Um, then we get this flashback of Janine at the Red Center, and she basically has a complete psychic break. And is she was a waitress at some point in her life before, and she is going through the motions and the the patter of being this waitress. And I cried on Bart. <laughs> she keeps she keeps going until Moira slaps her, and she says, "Get back here." Get right back here. You can't stay there. You aren't there anymore. That's all gone. And, I mean, they just they just can't even get her to stop. And, oh, God, then Janine starts crying and whimpering. And it's just, it's so terrible. I think what is so nice in this scary, scary moment is it's women coming together to protect women. And, I mean, in... You get this thing where it's like, she does this violent thing, but she's for her own good. Yeah. And... (sighs) It's so scary. It's awful. It... It... It breaks my heart. God. I I think... And I think this is important to put in there because, you know, again, it would be so easy to be like, oh, fuck Janine. (laughs) You know? But yeah, I have but, I definitely have more empathy for Janine than I have for the men in this book. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that how goes can you without not? saying, but gosh, that's so scary. That's why I think it's kinda of interesting that Samira Wiley is in both of these because this narrative of them at the Red Center really reminds me of parts of Orange is the New Black. Oh yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. They're there for a while. Ugh. Is there do you want to say any more about that or No. I want to say about the commander saying, we've given them, meaning women, more than we've taken away. Fucking kill yourself. I'm so mad. <laughs> Do you, and, he, and he tries to, like, justify it. And I can, like, feel Offred's, like, eyes rolling so hard. Because he goes, come on, don't you remember the terrible gap between the ones who could get a man easily and the ones who couldn't? Wasn't that a bummer? See, now everybody gets a man. They get old, weird men like me, whether they like it or not. Isn't that better? Was it really worth it, falling in love? Arranged marriages have always worked out just as well, if not better. Oof. That makes me uh, interested, too, about the initial marriage of the commander and Serena Joy. Mm -hmm. Because knowing what we know about Serena Joy's past life, where she's this evangelist who's preaching women be subservient Mm -hmm. and women be in the home it doesn't jive with her being unmarried so she must have been married in the time before and so is this a marriage of convenience because Mm -hmm. she's hurt she's hurt by this and i don't think it's quite all it could all be she's just hurt by the indignity of it not so much that she's emotionally connected to him but i think that's a, a, a nuance that we should explore if If the whole point of this world, if a woman's purpose in this world is just to have children and she can't do it, it doesn't matter if it's a marriage of convenience or not. She's failed at the one thing that she's supposed to be able to do. Yeah. And that's very uh, disheartening. All we've done is return things to nature's norm. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say is no, stop. Uh, Yeah, if you don't believe in Darwin. Speaking of the VV witch... (laughs) <laughs> uh, they talk about the nuns that they take into the fold, uh, who renounce, uh, which is very strange that they don't hold nuns above in this very religious society. This is not, a, they execute people for being Catholics. Oh, I see. So, you know, they, I that too. Uh, they, and this is, this is true of, of a lot of Protestant denominations. Oh. They hate Catholics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, But they still, they talk about the the nuns who recant their religion, who become handmaids if they're still fertile. But what's interesting is they go, they aren't allowed to become wives, though. They're considered still too dangerous for positions of such power. There's an odor of witch about them. Ooh! Nuns are so cool. They are. They're really awesome. So, yeah. So, the And we get, we get Avglen uh, being like, hey, we know that you're... Playing Scrabble, <laughs> we know about it. I so, like when uh, she says, "Is it something really kinky?" And Alfred's yeah. like, "Yeah." <laughs> 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 Let's just. She goes like, "It was easier to say that than to say what yeah. actually happened." And so Avglan is like, "Hey, be a spy." And Offred is like, "Geez, I don't want this." But it's again mirroring the point where Alfred uh, asked to be told everything is like they said, "Tell us," mm-hmm. you know, find out about anything you can. So that's interesting because it says that there's a ne- there's a network that knows things that go on in your house. So that's crazy. So and when I feel like this has gone on for a long time, what like this po- like should we stop here? Our podcast Like Our, this this, this episode. discussion? Yeah, just because like there's yeah. like forty more pages. Okay, we're gonna stop here uh, mid Jezebel. <laughs> We're and not we're even at Jezebel's. We have not arrived. Um, well, we haven't physically arrived yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, so we'll stop here. This is this is the longest section. Okay, that's that we good. had and mapped out. Really we and, should dig into this. Yeah, because I just I don't want to give Jezebel short shrift, and I'm feeling a little tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We've been talking all day. I haven't buttered my legs yet. Like I've got a lot. <laughs> I've got a lot to do before we can get to Jezebel's. My man owner is texting me like, can I come home? (laughs) Of course you can, honey. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. So if you're in the trade, the trade paper, we're stopping here at page 224. And if you're in my version, we're stopping at page 290. If you're in some other version, it's uh, chapter 35. Yeah, exactly. So so we'll pick it up there. We apologize for the uh, coitus interruptus, if you will. But... I don't apologize because I regret none of the tangents I went on. No, 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 no. (laughs) And I just think, I think everybody will be happy that we don't, um, you know, skimp on Jezebel's because there's so much to unpack at Jezebel's. And then the book ends very quickly after that. That's true. That's fair enough. Okay, so the final installment of the book section of this podcast is coming forthwith. And then, and then the show. I hope it's good. I also hope it's good. It's gonna be good. It has to be good. It's gonna be good. It's gotta be good. Ugh! Like S- this entire podcast rests on it. <laughs> I genuinely think it's gonna be good. I do too. Okay. Anyway. Okay. All right. So. <sighs> uh, no <laughs> litte te, te bastardes carbon dora dum doo <laughs> be <laughs> dow <laughs> dow dow dum doo be dow dow